everybody. Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite. And honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to, and they were trying to sign it. Mixed martial arts. And I think everything leads towards Sandhagen, but I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sandhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. The Aldermaine Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. Do you hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh God, he might have me. Do you think Pena has a chance against Man Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think is that great. Wayne, Gone, and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Boxing. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations at Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Left by a while so far this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. I have them this weekend. I'm just going to let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC. Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my Viking jersey on. You have like your really, really top tier wide receivers, but then there's a pretty big drop off. They didn't speak English. So like the UFC like wasn't getting them title fights as fast as people who did speak English. It absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Arlovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I, Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like, it just like the fact that Tony Khan actually just did that. Fightful, 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 Stephen Jensen. Yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekender Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RVD Tito for Life. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live rounds. The Marksmen have arrived. Have arrived. Watching live rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay. Can you hear me, Doug?
Yeah, something. I don't know if did you guys hear that. It sounds weird on my end. I apologize, y'all. It it sounded like you were squeaking. That was so weird. What's still happening? I don't know if that's me. Does the chat hear that? I'm so confused. Sorry, let me let me leave let me leave real quick and jump back in here. Oh yeah, yeah, chipmunk squeaks. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to Live Rounds. Um, hopefully, Doug can uh, jump back in here in a second. Great way to return to the show uh, here for everybody. But welcome. Uh, welcome to everyone who's in here. Good to see some all the familiar faces and or familiar names, I should say. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, kill some time here while Doug does his thing. There we go. Go on to one side here. So I'm not split in the middle. How's it going, y'all? What's up? I see Ryan in the chat, 49ers fan, Alexander Fitzgerald, John Gorman, Dialect for Film. A lot of familiar faces in here. Doug's trying to jump back in. See if this uh hold on. Let me let me move us. I'll switch us. Okay. Let's try now. All right, how about now? Yeah, that's way better. I don't know what the hell that, that was just happening. Okay, great. Um, so welcome to Live Rounds episode 86. I guess we had a little issue there, but now we're good. So uh, good to be back. Got a ton to talk about. How you doing tonight, Steven? I'm doing good. Doing good. Um, Man, your I, wall is uh, improved over there, I see. Yeah, I'm, I still need to fill in spots. And some of this is like placeholders while I'm moving stuff around, but... Yeah, I've got a lot of new stuff since last. I mean, not all this is new, but I do have a lot of new stuff since last time. Um, but I'm not going to show all that on tonight's show just because it would it would take way too much time. But like up here, um, sign Cody Rhodes. I don't know if I had that last time or not. Um, yeah, you showed and, it to me, but I haven't seen it on the wall. And then uh, sign that's a uh, Tony Schiavone up there. My buddy came through okay. and signed Tony Schiavone, which is pretty cool. Um, but uh, yeah, Ryan says a uh, nice cut, Steven. Yeah, my hair is shorter. I'm, I'm tied, yeah. it's tied. It's tied up still. Like I mean, it's still it's still pretty long. But uh, yeah, if I don't tie it up, it looks too much like the Shawn Michaels, like little Dutch boy yeah. gimmick. Yeah. Um, but the the goal is to donate it again. So that's like the whole idea was like that's why I cut it the length that I cut it because I can regrow it out. I donated like 14 inches, and it was still this long when I cut it, which is pretty crazy. But um, but yeah, it was a good day today. Good day at work. Um. Yeah, I had a night off from interviewing me and Jeremy. I uh, didn't do an interview today. We had an interview with uh, that Sean recorded that we're going to air. Let me see who you, who you interviewed. Just so this will be on the spotlight on Thursday. Sean did an interview with uh, Karen Morton. So that'll be fun to listen to. Um, but anyway, how are you been, man? Uh, pretty solid, you know. Um, we just had some scheduling issues and stuff like that. I've had some issues with like you know we i just recently had kidney stones like about a week or two ago so that sucked um so yeah we're just uh we're just now trying to get back on schedule let's do this thing so um man a lot's happened and i really feel like for the aew side a lot of really bad 
mojo and momentum is lost. And I definitely want to talk about that. Um, with WWE, there was a lot of hype and a lot of uh, momentum going into the Elimination Chamber. I felt like they botched a lot of that. So I want to talk about that. And, uh, you know, we got WrestleMania season. We got Tony and, and Ariel beefing. So there's a lot to talk about. So wherever you want to start, I'm good to go. I mean, we might as well just start at the most obvious and uh, pretty happy that, I don't know if y'all can see the, uh, the American Nightmare shades there, but Sami Zayn lost at Elimination Chamber. <laughs> um, so pretty happy so about that. Big win for Cody Rhodes fans. Um, so now he gets all of it. He gets it all at WrestleMania. Like it's none of this BS about like splitting the titles or you know, having Roman's big downfall like night by night or something like that. Nope. It's just Cody. It's always been Cody. It's going to be Cody. Very, very happy that Cody Rhodes is going to be winning the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship at WrestleMania. Hopefully they just turn it into just the WWE Championship again. Just make that a lot easier for just free yeah. back title like he's talking about and just, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I've, I really, really enjoyed uh the result of that, especially with it happening in Montreal, that was pretty funny. I had a pretty good time watching all that happen and unfold as a Cody Rhodes fan. It was pretty good. Uh, props to Sami Zayn. Got himself super over. Um, that was a really cool moment. I understand the people who wanted to see him win. I totally understand Montreal. That I get it, but um, it's got to be Cody. So uh, I'm pretty happy with how things turned out. Well, and just because it's the right thing to do, like – per se, because he's in his hometown, doesn't mean it's the right thing to do for business long-term, right? Course. And so, like, I think people just wanted that moment. They wanted to see how big the pop would be, how the celebration in the crowd, all that stuff. And I and I just think that people got lost in the, the bigger picture of this. Like, I don't think Roman Reigns can lose to Sami Zayn a 900-day title reign to lose to Montreal and then take Sami and go to WrestleMania to face Cody and then lose the title again. Like, that just doesn't make sense. Like, I know it's what people wanted in a certain aspect, but I still think at the end of the day, what's best for business is Cody versus Roman. My question, though, is I... I'm not sold that Sammy's out of this main event picture yet. Because uh, to me, out. He's out, out. to me, if you were to do this, you would have Jay turn. You would have Jay turn, hit Sammy, transfer the heat over there, and we're off to Mania. The fact that you had Jay hesitate is so lazy if you're going to actually get to that point anyways on SmackDown. Like, it should have been done at the pay-per-view so like everything is off the table now we're on to something different and we just focus on cody and roman then sammy also opens raw like he opens raw it's still kind of out there um him and kevin owens kind of have issues so it's like they're not as a cohesive unit so you don't know if they're actually going to try for the tag team titles or not we have no idea where jay stands like this, honestly, it kind of feels like Starcade 97 booking here where like it's pretty clear what you should have done. And then for whatever reason, I don't know if egos happened or if just they couldn't come up with a decision and they just started throwing stuff against the wall and they went with this. But the decision that they made 
to have Sammy just lose basically clean and like with all the multiple refs bumps and all that stuff. But I mean, spear one, two, three, and to have Jay hesitate to hit him with the chair, it just feels like a lost opportunity to me. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I will say, I think that they they really wussed out by not having Jay turn. Like, that was a real, yep. that was a real punk move by, because that, because now it's like, now Jay has like a reason to turn against Sammy a little bit because he speared him on accident. Whereas before it was like, he could have just turned on him. And it would just, you know, now, now there's like some sympathy there a little bit. You know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't make any sense why you would, it should have definitely turned if they're but that said i think that's it's clearly where it's going because on monday they are last night they had uh like a segment where owens and zane were talking and zane like put it out there that they need to team up together and owens like shot it down but like they've put it out there like the idea is out there about them teaming together taking down the the bloodline together and i've been saying it the whole time the two of them and cody collectively taking down the bloodline. I think that's clearly what's happening. Um, but now it's just, now Jay's going to turn like, you know, on, like you said, on some episode of SmackDown, but it should have definitely happened at the pay-per-view. And that place would have went crazy because also, I think they overestimated like how big of a pop there was going to be when Owens came out after the main event of Elimination Chamber. And also when Sammy hit that last, last Luva kick, like the place definitely reacted, but, it was still like they were like they were deflated because they were like, damn, you yes. actually lost. Yeah. Yes, definitely. They were deflated and like I just also like so Kevin Owens isn't gonna help at all, like when the refs get knocked out, when multiple Usos get involved, but wait till the match is over. Okay, now I'm coming to help, you know, like right. I didn't like that either. And then like if you watch the reaction of the crowd after Roman pins Sammy, he's he looks dejected. The crowd looks dejected. Like everyone just is kind of like, oh, like I got suckered. They 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 fooled me again. Like okay, and then it's like they don't care now if Kevin Owens comes to the save and all that. Like they're so bummed, right? So I just. At the end of that show, I felt like they had like lightning in a bottle. This is like CM Punk and John Cena money in the bank moment. I don't know how you really pull that off without Sammy winning, but I feel like that they botched it. And I and I just am like, okay, I I guess we'll see what's gonna happen. I mean, at the end result, I think we're gonna get a good WrestleMania. I think we're gonna get a good WrestleMania card. I'm glad that it's Cody and Roman. Um, but Man, that bloodline storyline is huge right now, and it draws a lot of ratings, and a lot of people care about it. And I just don't know if you want to you want to botch that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely happy as a Cody Rhodes fan where things are heading, um, because I think he's a, I think he's gonna do it. I think he's just straight up like white meat baby face gonna more or less kind of pull off like the Lex Luger win that like never happened type of thing. You know, they're just going to go through with it. Like, you know what I mean? There's going through it. Roman, like, Roman is Yokozuna. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, hey, he's part of the bloodline. Yokozuna was. So. Facts. Facts. Um, 
So was Manu technically, right? Remember Legacy? They were together to get on that yeah. team. That's kind of yeah. Now I wonder if that'll somehow get brought. That should definitely get brought up at some point before WrestleMania. Like Manu right? should should appear and like confront Cody for the ball. Well, and I, and and I don't Cody know how you feel, but like I'm I'm over the whole Heyman Cody confrontations. I'm ready for They've Roman good, Cody confrontation. No, yeah. The second one, I, I was like. Eh. The, yeah. the, I'm ready. I'm ready. The first one was great. First one was great. The second one I felt as in, and I'm I'm ready for Cody and Roman confrontations. I'm ready to have that. Let's let's see what that looks like. Let's see if that really creates some buzz and yeah. people are excited for it and all that. I'll, I will say this though: if Sammy gets involved in that main event, it is going to ruin Cody's whole thing. Like yeah, the, the crowd will. It will be it will be like AEW again, where the crowd is booing the baby face, and it's just gonna be a mess. And I just think it's a really bad idea if they put Sammy in that main event. So the question is, and in, in your prediction, what does happen? Cody wins. I'm pretty confident in that. Yes. But where do we go with the bloodline? What happens with Sammy? What What do you think they're thinking? Like after WrestleMania, yeah, like Jay. I, I think they're all they, they all. I think Roman takes some time off. Yeah, that's then, what I think too. Yeah, maybe all of them like collectively just take time off. And see what I think they could do is Roman loses to Cody, and then a paranoid, upset, not thinking straight, bloodline abandoned Roman gets beat by Sammy, and then he leaves. Then he exits out and has to regroup and think things through and and all that stuff. And then it'd be curious if Jay would then become the tribal chief or whatever they want to do there. So there there is a great story that could play out with Roman being gone. And that's exactly what should happen. Roman leaves. Like I'm I'm even fine with Sammy beating Roman after Roman isn't the champion anymore. Um, Right. He leaves, and then you have a story between Solo, Jimmy, and Jay of like who's trying to become the tribal chief. Like that's actually yeah. that could be really good, right? And throne. it's still, and it still kind of continues that bloodline storyline. Exactly. And eventually, then, Roman comes back. You know what I mean? Feuds with whoever is claiming to be the tribal chief now and stuff. Like, well, and then maybe even Sammy is still involved with the bloodline as one of the leaders because he beats Roman, right? So maybe he's also up for who will be the tribal chief if you wanted <laughs> to continue that. Like, I don't know. I'm just saying there's all yeah. sorts of different directions that they could go. So um, I, I don't know. I'm just curious what everyone's thinking with, with the storyline. Like, I thought. I thought it was a good pay-per-view. It's weird, though, man. Five matches. Like, I know AEW, we get, like, 14. But I think <laughs> another thing people need to realize is just that the, the luxury that WWE has to have these monthly. So when you do these monthly, you can have these pay-per-views um, where you can have five matches. It's not a big deal. But if you have, one, like, only one a quarter – like this is this is your only shot. You're gonna have to try to jam pack it as much as you can. I think that's the biggest reason why there's so many matches. Yeah, I always put this in the title and on the marquee. We gotta definitely address this one. So oh, God. Omos has called out Brock Lesnar for WrestleMania. Most people seem to feel like it is some sort of 
uh, red herring, like this will not be happening, or he'll just like squash him, and then he'll actually wrestle someone for real afterwards or something. Um, I'm definitely interested to see how that one goes. I they really if they were going to go that route though, mm-hmm. they they needed like Omos should have beaten Braun Strowman. I don't understand why he lost to him, and then Strowman also eliminated him from from the Royal Rumble. So mm-hmm. Strowman's got Omos's number for some and for some reason. I'm supposed to be sold. Well, I am sold because Omos rules, but most others are supposed to be sold that Omos is a credible contender for Brock. But we've seen a lot to, you know, lose to, to Braun. You know. uh, is Omos like affiliated with Bobby Lashley? Are they cool? Are they not? Like, I don't know. Is, it's the big rumor is that they're trying to restart the hurt. Yeah, the hurt. And, yeah. So, Possibly bring in Carmelo, what they were saying. That's what I heard. Well, so yeah, there, there's a lot of rumors about that. I, I, you know, I also, so the this all ties into the match at Elimination Chamber with Brock and, uh, um, and Bobby because you know the the five minute match. Yeah, which is just I tweeted about this, and I wasn't even like hating on the guy. Some people thought I was, but I basically said like Brock is at this point is like the greatest worker of all time because he just comes in, gets paid more than everybody has this pretty much the same match every time, just does nothing but special moves and finishers. And then, you know, just like, is what it is. Like you just, you know, and that's pretty much what you expect, what you expect to see. Um, and in this one, he eventually just low blow Bobby Lashley after spamming all of his moves and they just spammed each other's moves back and forth. And, uh, and so it's like, okay, so does that tie into the whole Omos thing with MVP? Like, does he, do we actually also, get live? Well, also, uh, yeah, I'm go, no, no, finish, no yeah. finish. But Bray Wyatt also called that's, out the winner when they knew there wasn't going to be oh, a winner. Why? Yeah. No, well, Why? so, so, so that's so now Lashley. It's like, so that's so. Yeah, I think that it's possible that they do Lashley versus Brock again at WrestleMania still, but uh-huh. now I know that Lashley has won. Bray Wyatt called him out before Elimination Chamber, basically the winner of that, and, and Lashley's mm-hmm. the winner. And um, I think on Monday, I think they made a, a reference, I could be wrong, to, like, Lashley, like, taking out his monsters or something like that, maybe, so, like, something like that. So I, I think it's very possible we're still going towards Bray Wyatt versus Bobby Lashley. And before I let you know, I definitely want your thoughts, but I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to agree with you big time on something here. Bray Wyatt is awful, dude. Like it's terrible. Right? Like, it's, Thank like, you. I just I, I just have to like I tried to defend him for all these years. Like the the the, the backwoods cult leader, Hawaiian uh t-shirt, Bray Wyatt, that guy ruled. That was a great gimmick. The Wyatt family stuff, Harper and Rowan, that was awesome. The Daniel Bryan stuff, and like that was great stuff. Um, and he had really good matches, especially with Danielson, especially against the Shield. Awesome stuff, not taking anything of that away, but like Ever since then, and especially recently, like all this Uncle Howdy stuff is so bad that so I bad. just like, and this really makes me believe like this is the like this is the mind of Bray Wyatt. Like yeah. the original, like the the original Bray Wyatt that I like so much was Waylon Mercy repackaged. Like they just redid something that yeah you know, they tried before. Everything since then's been him, and it's all shit. So like yeah. I'm just gonna. You know, I've been making myself pretty hated by the Bray Wyatt community lately because I've been saying these things also on on Fightful, on the yeah. spotlight. But 
I just got to keep it real. Like it's, I'm not sitting here saying like fire the guy. I hate the guy like in real life or anything like that. I'm just saying this is all terrible. Everything I've seen, the, the lights out match and all that, just bad. It is really bad. Um, so anyway, like, could you imagine so. Brock in that goofy gimmick? In oh, any type of goofy or Bob, gimmick. Like, either of these guys uh, having to deal uh, with this. It just, it just doesn't make any sense. It's terrible. Uh, self like, cloudy. Oh, oh <laughs> self cloudy. And it's like that the future where it's gonna just be nothing but like gimmicky stuff. He's never gonna have just like a one-on-one match. He's never gonna, you know what I mean? Like, is this yeah. what we're doing now? Like, I and like WrestleMania, like no telling what kind of pyrotechnics and nonsense he uses for that show, especially with that big of a audience and opponent and i just i don't know it's just bad and and i think a lot of it too is is you really can get away with a lot of that stuff when you don't have a cody Rhodes, when you don't have a roman reigns it's really over when you oh my god don't even say when you don't um when you don't have a Sami Zayn that's over meaningful storylines Like, you can kind of get away with some of that stuff. But right now, like, when you go from, like, a Cody Rhodes-Paul Heyman segment or a Bloodline segment between Roman and Sammy, and then you see, like, Uncle Howdy, it is just – it stands out so bad. It's just so bad. So, I I don't know. I can't imagine Vince is just sitting there. And, like, I already fired this guy. Like, what are we doing with him right now? You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, Crazy. Yeah. uh, Oh, yeah. There's something I was going to say, and I just just lost it. But it was – oh, yeah, yeah. So, once again, I could be wrong because I watched it so, like, you know, and only a little bit more recently because Cody's back. But, like, little bits and pieces – but yeah. from what I saw, because, you know, Eli Knight or um, Eli L.A. Drake, Knight. L.A. Knight. Eli, what L.A. Knight, yeah. L.A. Knight. Yeah, Eli Drake, yeah. L- L.A. Lights. Remember those shoes? Um, right. Th- so this guy, like, you know, he's just, yeah. Like, that's like his gimmick now. He just does that. Um, yeah. It, um, so they, like, interviewed him after, it was like the SmackDown after Elimination Chamber. They did like this like backstage interview with them and the interviewer is like asking all about bray wyatt and like the lights out match and like his like his mental like because we just went through this like you know mentally grueling physically or psychotic you know story with this guy in this grueling match or whatever however they they tried to make you you know they explained it and he's just like yeah we're just moving on like he just like just like didn't even like acknowledge like any of it it's like yeah, next on to the next thing, and like it's just like yeah. whatever the next feud is. Like there, you just pretend like just pretend like that never happened, and just keep going forward. <laughs> like, yeah, that's how. That's really how you have to deal with coming out of a, of a Bray Wyatt feud. To be honest, you have to just completely no sell that it ever happened, and just 
Otherwise, you're buried. So like, you just gotta yeah. pretend it never happened. Tell like the fan, I hope the fans forget and just keep moving forward. Well, and I bet you're like begging for a new opponent, a new feud immediately, just so you can <laughs> like all of a sudden just forget about that and just go on to the next focused opponent. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. I really don't. Because um, you literally went from like Uncle Howdy like jumped off of like the stage and missed him and like the fireworks went off and then it's like the next time you see him it's like how do you recover from that dude just pretend like it never happened just go just move forward <laughs> he's traumatized and he just wants to you know what it was like it was like um it was like kingston and moxley after the exploding barbed yeah. wire match yeah where where he like had to make up with like uh i had post-traumatic syndrome or whatever and i i just panicked and you know but i'm okay <laughs> this is like yeah. dude, there's no explosion it's yeah. so bad too because like kingston's like you know mr hard ass and he's like traumatized by a bomb that didn't go off you know they were basically sparklers from goldberg's entrance type stuff yeah but, <laughs> yeah um yeah so yeah i mean overall i thought you know, all right, pay-per-view, nothing uh, – like, the crowd's awesome. I enjoyed that. The environment was awesome. I was really looking forward to it. Um, I've really enjoyed the Bloodline storyline. Also, I take a major L on the Jimmy and Jay thing because I just – I I always, in my mind, viewed Jimmy as, like, the charismatic one. Jay's just kind of on the sideline. So even when Jay was feuding with Roman and delivering those amazing promos and everything, I was thinking it was Jimmy, like, just in my mind, because I don't overly pay attention to the WWE, like, watch it weekly or anything. So I just confused them. And now it's like, man, Jay's really impressive. I really enjoy the storyline of Jay. Um, it's very interesting to kind of see where he goes with Sammy and all this. I personally would almost rather have see Jay and Sammy at Mania. Forget yeah. the tag team, just Jay and Sammy. Because they're the ones that were like battling the most within the bloodline. Then they accepted each other the most. Like, I don't know. I just think it would be a cool storyline that that both guys would get super over from because they're both getting over. And just to be able to put that on mania, the crowd would be really behind it. Like, and I think it would be split because I guess I do think there's a lot of J fans out there. So I personally would rather see that than this tag team mashup with him and KO against the Usos and then KO and him possibly win the titles. And then it's like Sammy's now in the tag team division, which is usually like, career suicide if you're trying to get hyped up for a main event or anything like that so i don't know what are your thoughts on that yeah i mean it just leaves kevin owens in a bad spot like jimmy used to i don't think anyone really has any like interest in like jimmy versus owens you could do owens right. versus solo like that might be interesting but like yeah but then Jimmy's completely left out i mean he, jimmy could escort his brother to the ring and yeah why not he can be like, be like Kevin Nash when Scott Hall wrestled Steve Austin. Like, you know, he's, yeah, there you go. Um, which I'm still salty about that Kevin Nash didn't have a match on that WrestleMania. Apparently, they were that concerned that Scott Hall like might not make it to the match. They were like, so here's the backup plan. Happen. He was pretty much the backup plan. Yeah. And apparently, why, Scott would, why would you just, why would, yeah. Apparently, why he was going to win just, for a while. Yeah, anyway. Which is why Austin walked out shortly after yeah I think Austin that was, walked yeah. out by June so he yeah was, he was over it 
And I'm, yeah. if I can remember correctly, I'm pretty sure Kevin Nash faced The Rock on SmackDown. So, like, he didn't get a Mania match, but he got, like, a big match going into Mania. That sounds sure. right. That sounds right. So, yeah. Um, them tearing Rondo apart on SmackDown was funny. Oh, what happened oh, to Rondo on SmackDown? L.A. Knight and McAfee at Mania. I see happening at Mania. Interesting. Oh, I that. I, I just, I still don't see what people like so much about L.A. Knight either. Like, I've never I liked think he's very WWE-ish. Like, I yeah, just I think he's... It. He just overly, like... I get that he's... Like, that's... I, I get that's what it... Like, I guess I get why people like him. But I guess yeah. he just he just comes off as annoying to me, and he's not yeah. really had like these like great matches or, you know, really to he's me, very generic to me in a lot of ways. To me too, he's Eli Drake, right from TNA. Right. Like that's just the way that I view him. I don't I, I view him like feuding with EC3 and stuff like that. It's hard for me to look at that guy and be like, oh yeah, you know, WWE superstar. Yeah, it's kind of lame when you're when your catchphrase is just you saying your name or yeah. just saying, yeah, it just kind of right. very, not even low hanging fruit, not even lazy, just lame. I don't even know how to, it's like for a guy who's built out to be such a great talker, your big exclamation point is just saying your name. E lie Drake or L A night or there you yeah. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Michael, what are you – so so you're going to Mania and you're you're not looking forward to it. Are you at least looking forward to Cody and Roman? Or are you looking forward to anything else? What do you think about Seth and Logan Paul? I think it'll be a good match. I definitely think it'll be a good match. Um, well, I think Austin Theory and Cena will have a pretty good storyline going into it. I don't think that'll be bad. Same. Uh, I think both you think, you think matches. Theory, you think Austin Theory wins? You think he beats Cena? I do. I do. Yeah. Clean? I do. I don't know about that. I don't know if we go that far. Probably yeah. like use the ropes or something, something like that. I don't know, but no, I don't think he beats him clean. I think both women's matches are, are good. Oscar and Bianca could be amazing. Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, Rhea and Charlotte have history. Should be interesting. Although, like, can we can we cut this Edge stuff out now? Can we move on? Can we, you know, leave Beth Phoenix alone and Edge and all that, and we just move on to Charlotte? Yeah, I'm Edge, over that whole thing. Yeah, Edge wrestled um, Theory Theory last night and lost. But yeah, but well, in balance, but Finn tossed him yeah, right. Yeah. So it's not over, and it's like this is like not entertaining. Honestly, the whole Judgment Day thing. Like, all of it. When it comes to matches, it's not been great. Like, even, like, AJ and Finn or when AJ was feuding with Judgment Day or Edge and AJ or whatever. Like, none of this stuff has been, like, good. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, well, outside of one thing. One thing has to be Doug. Dominic. Yes. Yeah. Dominic. Yeah. yeah. That's actually yes, funny. It's actually yes. funny. Like, the tongue no, she, Like, the way that, they, that other wrestlers reference reference and like a heels will agree that like jail made him hard you know what i mean like all the baby things yeah. no sell it i think that is actually pretty funny how it, it, he's he's way more welcome 
on screen now than he was before all this like silly definitely yeah definitely well what's funny is is like if they just would have went with like him turning on Rey Mysterio and joining the Judgment Day like I don't think that that would have worked but what's worked is this whole like trying to be a hard ass I've spent time in jail giving people advice in the elimination chamber because he's been in a cage before, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> That's like funny. like yeah. stuff like that. And then like, you know, him and Rhea's dates or whatever they do, like it, it, it it's definitely uh and then when like he gets in trouble, he calls us for his mommy and stuff. Like he's, he's yeah. definitely uh entertaining. Right. Yes. So I give him that. Um, and he but, simps, he simps hard for her too. It's funny because she, yes. like, she's the dominant one, big time of like their relationship. It is, it's a, it's a, it's an entertaining, uh, it's an entertaining story on, like, or it's entertaining to watch how how they how they've been doing that. Yeah, we, we've yeah, gotten. Uh, I mean, some, by the way, we'll get to all the super chats eventually. I, we, I saw one from earlier also that we'll we'll get to all of them. Yeah, I, I appreciate the super chat, guys. I just, I just want to focus on what we're on, and then we'll we'll pivot to to the other things. But definitely, thank you for sending it, and I'll definitely answer all your super chats. Um, so so yeah, elimination chamber overall, pretty pretty solid. I give it like an eight out of ten. Definitely enjoyed it. I, I mean, it's kind of hard to botch like a five match card in my opinion like you know you have five matches the two of them are elimination chamber matches they kind of sell themselves i'm really ready for montez ford to be like like up in the 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 second tier main event type ready to see him be on singles i think he's got everything you need i think he's very uh very athletic very entertaining uh, very good so I really would look forward to that. Like I'd almost rather see him and Seth Rollins than Logan. Like I know Logan will be exciting. I know it'll be a good match, but I think him and Seth would be a good match too at Mania. So, um, but yeah, I'm hoping that this that was the start of him being on his own, and uh, I think he'll do a really good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks like Mania is shaping up to be pretty good. I mean, for for a card that's you know two nights. It's going to be a lot yeah. of matches, but for what it looks like, things look pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, obviously, I'm very hyped up for the Cody stuff. I, but right. I don't, but I don't like. I, I don't look forward to whatever Bray Wyatt's going to be doing, or. or I, I will say, if they do L.A. Knight versus Pat McAfee, it'll be good. Like that, that'll like that. Well, like that'll be entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> um. And but yeah, the Judgment Day stuff that seems like that's going to drag into WrestleMania. But I think they should just disband the whole Judgment Day afterwards. I think I saw some rumors about how WWE wants to go back to Finn Balor using the Demon stuff again soon. So they really you know, you know what I think. You know what I think this could be. I think it could be him and Finn in a Hell in the Cell. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I can see because. That. Because this is like one of because Triple H has always said that he kind of wanted to get rid of the Hell in the Cell gimmick as a pay per view, and that it like needs to merit a feud of Hell in the Cell. I mean, they've they've done everything. I mean, he, his wife has been attacked even now. Like, I just think that they're at the point now where it would be a Hell in the Cell. Yeah, but also this kind of ties in with other stuff we'll talk about. But they need to get Finn Balor away from Judgment Day. 
especially if Jay White winds up coming into the WWE. Because, like, you got to, like, yeah. start knocking that kind of stuff out. Like, you got to do Jay White and Finn Balor, Jay White and AJ Styles. Like, anything Bullet Club related. Jay White and Cody Rhodes. Like, yeah. you know, and I, I have a I, – I, my gut feeling is that Jay White's going to WWE. That's where I think he's going to wind up. I'm almost 90, like 90 to 95% sure he's going to the WWE. Like, yeah. I just, I think that's where he's going. Because I, I think also based on that Eddie Kingston little promo thing, they went back and forth and he was like, I better not see you in AEW either and stuff like that. Like, I just think that he's separating himself from all of that and he's going to WWE. So that's where I think he'll be. I think they offer him the most money. I think his style fits the best in WWE. And right now, if you're watching AEW, you can't help but be a little bit worried about getting lost in the shuffle. You know what I mean? And where do you fit in all this? So I just feel like in WWE, he's he's got an opportunity to be one of the guys um at his age and everything so i don't know we'll see i'm personally not the biggest jay white fan but i i understand the man is talented i understand he's great on the mic i understand he can pretty much do everything in the ring i just think that he wrestles more like randy orton and i need him to have more of an american faster pace style match and i think if he does that then i think he'll make a lot of people happy but he's definitely an acquired taste. But the people that do like Jay White, like love Jay White. So, well, you know, one thing ought to change. Think about it, Doug. What's what's Jay White gonna have changed outside of like his music and like potentially his name or whatever? Like, you have to change something very key out of his move set. Oh, the the Bray Wyatt move. Yeah, right? yeah, Bray yeah. Wyatt. He's got Bray Wyatt's finish, so he's gonna have to yeah. something new. Ray Wyatt, well, maybe, they can, maybe they can wrestle over it in a funhouse match or something, you know? Oh, no. <laughs> with, like, Alexa, Alexa playing with, like, puppets and stuff. You know? Yeah. Doesn't bring the being the special guest referee or something. Yeah. Bo Dallas. But where's Curtis Axel been? Oh, my goodness. Like, if you reveal yourself as Bo Dallas, yeah. right? Are you expecting to pop? Well, that's what I think. That's that's what I think Bray Wyatt fans are, are expect. Like they they'll pop huge and then realize like nobody cares outside of like a very niche audience who like for some reason thinks that they're the only people that know that Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas are brothers and that their dad's IRS. Like everyone, everyone else like us are just over it. Like we just if that if they were if they united like ten years ago on the show or whatever. Like maybe. Like that would have been something cool, you know, a little nod to the internet, you know, have them team up. In the or, or you know, like when, when Bo was really struggling and not really working on TV and if he would have just joined the Wyatt family or something, like I could see that being something where people would be like, okay, cool. He's got new direction. He's with his brother. This makes sense. Right. But like, what's going on now is not good. No, it's no, Doug. It runs the family now. Bodas also has magic and this was handed down from their their tax collecting father who taught mm-hmm. him, you know mm-hmm. somehow it's terrible it's terrible it's very but, bad but i honestly think that like bodas will be revealed as uncle howdy i, I feel like that's like eventually going to happen and um and yeah i think just the crowd just not like uh 
um, yeah, like Alexander said, the crowd goes mid. You know, I think it would be kind of like, a, oh yeah, we remember him. There would actually be a large part because of how young the WWE audience is overall. Yeah. There actually be a lot of people that didn't even know who he is. I agree. I've never seen him before. I agree. Yeah. Like Logan Paul would have no idea who he is. You know what I mean? Like uh, that. Like think of. But I'm just saying, like think of all yeah. of the new fans that have come in. They're like, what? What's that? I don't. I don't know Imagine, you know, because they, they always have cameras recording everything at all times, like backstage for all this stuff that WWE does. Of just how funny the interaction would be of like Logan Paul meeting Bo Dallas and like, oh, thanks, man. Like handing like his bag, like thinking he's like like a guy there like to help, like not knowing. Again, you know, like, oh, oh, are you, oh, do I tell you what I want for catering? Like, who's this guy? You know what I mean? Like, you would have right. no idea who Bo Dallas is whatsoever. You're no totally clue. right about that. Absolutely not. And he's so yeah. I just, I I just ask you like usually when a reveal happens, it's supposed to be like a payoff. Like I don't view this like it's gonna be a payoff. Literally, who could it be? Who could the payoff be? Like, what's the best case scenario that the payoff even could be? And we like, think that like because that's the thing. I don't think no matter who it is, it's not gonna be good. It could be. I mean, I don't even know. Like. I mean, I think the only ones it could be is Rowan and Strowman, and either one of those are way too big for it to be yeah. him. And so it's like I, I don't know. I just, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Um, and and I don't see how they could just. I mean, how did he talk Triple H into this? Like, just like, yeah, it's going to be this and that. It's going to be great. I think that I'm, my guess is that you know they had these conversations about him coming back and break like pitch all these ideas and triple h probably heard him and he was like okay like i'm in charge now like mm-hmm. all right all right i can like okay some of the stuff worked really well last time with this guy he's super over like maybe it was just vince was in the way like maybe if we just let this guy do his thing he like he's this creative genius like we'll just let him we'll just let him do it let's let him do his thing and we're seeing his thing right now. And it just sucks. Yeah, I'm with you there. And we'll go ahead and answer Kogan's Super Chat because it has something to do with Bray, and then we'll kind of move on from Bray. Um, at the risk of being uncool, I kind of defend Bray versus Brock Bobby if it's a slobber knocker of a match akin to Brock versus Roman. Last man saying at SummerSlam, I'm down for it. That might be what Bray needs, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, if we're just talking just like a straight up, just, you know, back and forth type of match that's not gimmicky, that's like actually makes Bray look like a serious threat and like, you know, like him and Brock go toe to toe and he kind of takes Brock to the limit, which what is that now? What is the limit? Seven minutes at this point? Like Brock can't go much longer than that. So Well, he can, but why would he? I mean. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it's not even that he can't. It's just story right. gimmick wise. Like it just doesn't make sense for him to have a drawn out match. So, I mean, you know, I guess Bray kicks out of like two F5s and whatever. Um, Lights go out. Something spooky happens. You know. I could just see if Brock thinks it's stupid to just go completely off script and just start <laughs> just breaking shit. I really do. Like, I could just, I could just, like, 
I mean, if they start like bringing in a bunch of gimmicks and the light goes out and Brock starts seeing like black lights and stuff, I just don't see. I, I could totally see him just walking out. Just like, Dude, I'm not doing this. I could now. see him bailing at the first because like he doesn't watch the show. Like he's gonna be in the ring probably when he discovers what the Firefly Funhouse is. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna watch this like <laughs> this like you know what I mean? Like. Like imagine him like out there and it's like they're like we're really glad that you're our friend and like Bray Wyatt's like cutting a promo with with you know, talking to Ramblin' Rabbit and the, the Huskus the pig and like Bray Wyatt's gonna be like what the hell is this like I like what I have to I like like I said a second like, a little earlier imagine the idea of them pitching to to Brock like all right Brock we really got to sell this whole thing. Um, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta eat a, a sister Abigail from Uncle Howdy. Like, no. <laughs> like, that's not happening. You what the I mean? hell is a sister Abigail? Yeah, that's what he yeah. would be like. What the hell is that? Yeah. Now, and Gray's gonna you. kiss you on your forehead, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure, like, love oh, that. Yeah, Rotunda's other son in a mask. Oh yeah, I'm not yeah. doing that. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I just can't imagine. Same and same with Lashley. I, I feel the same way for him. Imagine, imagine it's even funnier with Lashley because he's such a bad promo. So he's gonna right. be like, he's gonna be like talking trash to Bray. Like, I'm not scared of you. You know what I mean? It's gonna be so goofy. Like, like imagine, like, like, <laughs> like Bray Wyatt's story is not that long ago. We're him scaring people with like dolls, like literally, yeah. like him and uh, Alexa Bliss, like making Shayna Baszler run away from dolls and stuff. Imagine Bray Wyatt, or imagine a uh, Brock Lesnar or, or 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 Bobby Lashley being scared of dolls and voodoo and 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 puppets. <laughs> like what? Like I, I just can't see them doing that. Yeah. No. Wow. Yeah. Oh boy. Um. So yeah, that, that basically covers WWE. That covers um, Elimination Chamber. Um, you know what they should do? Do Brock up? and Bobby run that back again, like a real, yeah. like with a real uh-huh. finish? Just have Brock mm-hmm. win. We all know he's better. Like we get it. Like just have right. him win. Or I say, I say, bet. Well, he's a better like actual MMA fighter, but also like bigger he's the bigger. Yeah, he's just yeah, he just he's Brock Lesnar. Um, but. You do Omos and Bray Wyatt and just have Omos just beat the hell out of him. I would like that. That'd be good. Oh, boy. Okay, okay. hold on, Kogan. Like, this is the same story, though. You can't, I mean, I get, like, you if you want to make the, the, the distinction between Alexa scaring Shana, not Bray, Alexa's gimmick is literally Bray Wyatt's gimmick. It's just yeah. like, her doing it. And she's yeah. she's not done with it either. Like whenever she comes back, that's what she'll be doing. So and the can't only wait for that. and the only thing worse than Bray Wyatt's gimmick might be Alexa Bliss's gimmick doing Bray Wyatt's gimmick. So, um. <laughs> yeah. Um, so appreciate this. Um, uh, hey guys, been watching the channel since I was twelve. I'm now thirty. Laugh out loud. If Omega goes, I was in twelve, but it's same, same, same. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. If, if Omega goes, can I see this being a domino effect and more AEW stars will follow? So that's a good transition. We can talk about this. Um, 
So the rumor has it that the WWE is interested in Jay White, but they're trying to lure in a even bigger name. And everybody was like, well, what could that name be? And apparently it's Kenny Omega. And I just don't see it happening on this end. Just the fact that he was out injured. They owe him nine. He owes them nine months. I just can't imagine that he is going to be a free agent or already is a free agent. I, it just doesn't make sense to me if he is actually a free agent and is in negotiations right now um, because you can add it on to the contract. If Tony Khan is not adding it on to the contract, I think he's a really bad businessman at the end of the day. Like whether you want to be fair or what, I don't think it's, it's, it's good business to let Kenny Omega walk. I just don't think that's good business. Now, would Kenny leave? I don't know. I mean, I I think once Cody left, it's all on the table, right? Like, I don't think anything is a solid deal here. The question is, and I think people need to understand this, Kenny will be 40 in October. So how long does he want to do this AEW style? How long does he want to... Uh, do this back and forth AEW New Japan. Does he want to be an EVP still? Would he rather just be a wrestler like Cody was? Does he want to test himself in the WWE? I don't know. What I do know is, though, that if you let your two single star EVPs walk out that door and go to the WWE, it looks really, really bad. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, we're not there yet, obviously, like, because there's a very good chance Kenny will stay. But yep. I think it's very possible he leaves, though. I, I do. Like, I think there's a chance he goes to WWE. Because, um, like you said, when Cody went all – I mean, the big difference, obviously, is Cody's, like, tenure with the WWE previously and his relationship with Vince yep. and stuff. But, I mean, Kenny worked there briefly at one point, like, you know. But uh, yeah, he's I mean, also a guy that is just—he's been known, right? Like everybody yeah. knows who Kenny Omega is, and it's not like like even Seth Rollins, right? He worked with Kenny Omega in Ring of Honor. Like it's so did Kevin Owens, so did Sami Zayn. Like it's not like Kenny is just like just been this foreign guy that's just been in New Japan this entire time. Like he does have a relationship with a lot of these people. He did go to PWG. He did work some Ring of Honor. So you know, like your Adam Coles and Kyle O'Reilly's and all those that he's known well. So like any part of that generation, Steen, Generico, whatever, um, they all know him as well. So it's not like he doesn't have friends there. You know, he's friends of the new day. He's, he, he knows people there. Right. And it, it kind of seems like him and Cody still are on talking terms as well. So like, that's cool. Um, but I really just, just, it just, I just don't know what Kenny wants. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, because here's my thing. And this is, this is what I have a problem with. If I have Kenny Omega in my company, he is not going to be a trios champion. I need Kenny Omega to be one of the guys in my company. That is what that company was built off of. And 
it would just be no different if the WWE decided to make Roman Reigns in a trios title and he just like showed up every now and then to wrestle in a trios match and that's it. Like that is not what people are paying to see. Kenny is the, one of the top guys in AEW. I don't pay pay-per-view dollars to see him in the Bucks in some trios match. I want Kenny in meaningful singles matches title matches, and especially if he's almost 40, I need to get the most out of him that I possibly can before he's done. You know what I mean? So to me, you're not getting your money's worth with what you're doing. And I know people will be like, well, you know, they had, they, they opened Rampage and Rampage ratings were terrible. The elite don't draw. I don't think the elite draws if they're just going to wrestle the whole point of the elite and being the elite and all that was the stories that they brought the um, just the whole aura of them. If you're just going to make them wrestlers, you're not getting your money's worth. It would be like just having MJF wrestle and not be on the mic. It just, it doesn't make any sense. So that part to me really frustrates me. And I don't know. And what also concerns me is I think that Tony has fallen in love so much with Moxley that he thinks that Moxley is AEW. He's the embodiment of AEW. He's the heart and soul of AEW. And at the end of the day, AEW, the E in there stands for elite. And that's where the company started from. And if you lose that foundation, I just don't view it as the same. Yeah, no, I agree with you for sure. Um, I think that it's possible too that eventually they'll do like Kenny goes back singles or he goes to WWE potentially, and maybe they do like Hangman and the Young Bucks as as a trio instead. Yeah. Um, and that <clears throat> needs to be storyline based, right? right? Because here's yeah. the thing too: why are we ignoring the fact? that the Bucks didn't grab Adam Hangman's foot when in, in that in that match with Kenny in full gear. Why, why are we ignoring the fact that Kenny, like, didn't – Kenny said that he hadn't even watched the match back yet the last day he was there before his surgeries. Don't you think at some point Kenny can bring that up? Like, these are long-term storytelling things that had happened – Adam Cole turned on the Young Bucks with Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. And like Adam Cole just comes out hunky dory. I'm happy to be back. And we're not going anywhere with that. Like there's just a lot of things that were planted. And then Adam Page has flirted going back and forth with the elite over and over again, even came and helped save the Young Bucks. And yet we keep doing this dark order crap. Like we need to have like your bloodline storyline was Adam Page leaving the elite and how that had all changed. Now, granted, it fell right into the heart of COVID, like right when things were picking up at Revolution, where they had the best tag match in in in, in one of like of all time, one of them, right and. Adam Page is just starting to look like he's going to turn or Kenny's going to turn on him or whatever. 
like pandemic, here we are. So I get that it all happened in the pandemic, but we're done with that now. And we had stacked dynamite cards, like just boom, boom, boom. And now we have had just two duds. Last week was such a dud and the crowd was terrible and like people didn't care. And now this one, if I looked at that card and I saw that that was my local show, that's I'd be pissed because I don't think that that's what AEW stands for. And I think that they have way better on that roster than what they're giving you. So I just feel like that Tony Khan is one thing I think too, is like the from full gear to revolution is just way too long of a wait for a pay-per-view. I mean, we're like four months. It's just four or five months like that. You need something to happen. Like the best we got was winter is coming in December, but like still from like December to March, like that's a long wait. And we had all this momentum for Brian Danielson. He had all these great matches. And now it's like, okay, you did what you were supposed to do. So now for these next three weeks, you don't need to wrestle or do anything. Like, how is that building anything? Like, I I just want this pay-per-view to get over with. I'm not overly looking forward to this pay-per-view. And I don't feel like that's typically what AEW is. So I'm frustrated with it. And, like, the, the elite now are facing – the uh, House of Black, which was built on a rampage that nobody watched. So I don't know if they'll address that on Dynamite. And then what I, – I would personally love to see the Elite drop the, the trio styles to the House of Black. Like, I, I want them done with those belts. Like, I just think it's, it's a waste of time. I want to see the Bucks in the title picture for the tag team belts. I want to see Kenny in the, the, the heavyweight uh, division picture. Um, but I just, I just feel like a lot of it is, um, and I'm not waving the, the, the flag and saying it's over because so many people love to do that when they have like one bad rating. It's just, it's time to regroup. And, you know, if anything, this bloodline storyline should have taught every wrestling company that it's not all about matches. You got to have storylines. You got to have, and that's another thing with AEW is, they don't have the same people on the show every single week. Like imagine if SmackDown had nothing affiliated with the bloodline and they only showed up like every three weeks or every other week or whatever. Like people are paying tickets to see the bloodline. People are watching the shows to see the bloodline. Like it should be the same thing in AEW. There should be a core group of people that you see every single week. You know what I mean? So is it safe to say AEW sucks WWE rules? No, definitely okay. not. Okay, definitely didn't, not. didn't didn't think we had gone for that far yet for the channel. No, because um, I still I still don't view WWE as a superior product because their weekly show is not very good. Like they might have one segment that you're really looking forward to or you want to see, but like overall, if you're watching a three hour WWE show. You're mainly watching it just for entertainment reasons. You're not watching it because you're expecting to have a great match or anything. And that ties in with everything. Did we start with that super chat? Did we already read that for all? No, we, we haven't. No, so, we haven't. This, this ties in exactly what we're talking about, though, so that's perfect. So, yeah, um, yeah I 
uh, Doug, Doug just called it. He thinks that the House of Black should win. I'd, I'd be fine with that personally. It, it gives, and it also gives you know, the House of Black something important to actually do because um, I feel like they're always like treading water as far as their position on the show and stuff. And Buddy Matthews, I feel like has been super underwhelming since leaving WWE, but had a lot of hype when he left. And Brody King has shown like fl- like flashes of greatness in AEW with like his stuff with Darby, but that's what I'm saying. But 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 you can do that with like everyone. Like there's just like okay, Malachi Black, since he's debuted with the company, what memorable matches has he had? And I know it starts off with Cody Rhodes, right? right. Three, yeah. He's had three right. Cody Rhodes matches. What else? Where uh, where's his Moxley match? Where's his Adam Hangman Page match? Where's his Kenny Omega match? Where's his Adam Cole match? Where where's his Darby match? Right? Like I think he did face Darby. So, but like, damn, like why are we not using these guys? You know what I mean? And why if you're Tony Khan and you know that they were frustrated in WWE and they come to AEW, why are you not going out of your way to make sure that you use them? And you've got FTR sitting at home because they want a break, but then also FTR's like, oh, we'd love if Tony Khan gave us a call and we'd come back early or whatever. Okay. Um, we've got that the ass boys as the tag team champions right now. Right. Like, that's a joke. And I don't feel like that that should ever be acceptable with a company that focuses so much on in-ring product and wrestling and all that stuff. Now, granted, the acclaim kind of pushed it more towards that direction, but I don't, I don't feel like anybody watches the ass boys and thinks like, man, like they've gotten so good. I think they should be champs. Yeah. No, that's all fair. I think <laughs> I, I I think most people agree that Asboy shouldn't be the champion. They're probably not within the top ten best tag teams in the company. They're um, not. So. And they're going to have that tag team tournament, and almost all those tag teams in these tournaments, two tournaments by the way, two battle royals or whatever by the way, and almost both of them are there. There's a, teams all in there that are better than these guys. Yeah, I agree. And Maneeb with a super chat. Thank you, Maneeb says, do you feel like Daniel Garcia is overpushed? Uh, I feel like we see him every week since 2021 and gets pushed more than anyone. He's wrestled everyone. And also I saw someone say, uh, Koopa 13 says, Daniel Garcia has the charisma of my refrigerator. Okay, so I'll say real quick, um, I like Daniel Garcia a lot. That is a funny comment, though. That's why that's why I put it up there. Yeah. Like that's I, I, I'm a fan of comedy, even if I don't agree with the statement. Like That's a funny comment. Um, I... I like Daniel Garcia. I think he's a part of the show. I like that they're pushing him because I think he could be a very, very big part of AEW's future. Um, but I'm also a little bit biased because I watched his whole come up on the indies pre-AEW. So, like, I really was, like, rallying to see him get on television because he was so good on the indie scene. And I think he's had really good matches in AEW. Um, so I don't personally have a problem with him getting a lot of airtime, but I understand if, like, some of, like, like if like some of y'all's favorites aren't getting it and he is, I understand why you would want to see your favorite wrestlers instead. I get that. Okay, how about this? Are you a fan of the Jericho Appreciation Society, Daniel Garcia? Because I think it's different. I'm fine with it because like 
he's not going to do it forever. You know what I mean? Like it gives him something to do on the show that keeps him relevant on the show because otherwise he's just like some good wrestler on a roster full of good wrestlers, you know, but like not much of a gimmick or anything. Which I agree to a certain extent, but I also think that like his whole gimmick was to be a great wrestler. And like it was the most enjoyable stuff of Daniel Garcia is when he was feuding with Brian Danielson, when he was feuding with like, certain people like that where he was just going in there and going to war and proving himself. And now he's this sports entertainer that like goes back and forth with him and Sammy and some comedy slapstick, you know? And like, it was like Ricky Starks versus Daniel Garcia on rampage. And I'm not even like remotely excited about the match. And normally, you know, that's two credible wrestlers. I should be all right. That's good. But, like, I just knew it was just going to be some goofy Jericho slapstick guy that's just, like, in the way of Ricky Starks getting to Jericho type stuff. Yeah. I definitely agree that, you know, I said it a lot on this show, too, over, like, I said it a lot. Like, I thought that Daniel Garcia should have been a part of the Blackpool Combat Club, for sure. Like, that would have been my preferred booking of him. But yeah, um, I'm just glad he's got something to do on the show. And he has good matches. I agree. I know what you mean, because, like, you can easily just get lost in the shuffle, you know, like, Brian Cage didn't use for, like, a year, and now all of a sudden they just bring him in every week and just to lose. It's so funny, because he loses every time he's on Dynamite, but they're always talking about how he has, like, the best record in AEW for a year. So, like, he's wrestling on Dark and Elevation, and no one knows, and then, like, losing every time anyone's actually seen him. Every time you actually see him, you know? So, yeah, there's just a lot of just... Get it together, you know. That's that's I all mean, I can really say. Yeah, like this guy was saying. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's it's I and mean, it's definitely it's interesting, right? especially like heading into WrestleMania right now with like all this like buzz of like a sale, Vince wanting nine million for the company and all that. Sorry, nine billion for the company and all this stuff. And like, I was like, if it's nine million, Tony, call him right no, now. No, 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 like, no, okay, no. Run no, check. No. Which, which is right around what I was guessing. You know, I've been saying for a long time that I think that they could get about 10 for it. I figured they could get at least eight because I figured it was worth at least double what UFC was when it sold. So, like, right. you know, 10 makes or nine makes perfect sense. Yeah, um, I agree. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, so that's a good kind of transition into, uh, well, actually, we should, well, I was going to talk about Tony Khan and Ariel, but I was in with another super chat that is relevant to AEW. Want to yeah. do that first? Um, yeah, if you want to read it, ah, oh, sorry, we keep at the same time. All right, thank there you, Alexander. You um, uh, Alexander Fitzgerald with another super chat. By the way, y'all, we obviously we really appreciate all your super chats. We will make sure to read every single one of them, and we appreciate everyone who sent one up to this point. Um, we'll put them up on the screen. We'll uh, we'll read them out, and we'll answer them for their questions. Um, also, there's a donation link in the description of the video. If you want to send to my PayPal, me and Doug split that uh, 50-50 and we'll treat it the same way. We can't put it on the screen, but if you don't want to do your money through PayPal, or sorry, through uh, through YouTube, you can send it through PayPal. And we'll still read your uh, read your stuff on, on the show here. Um, and also, while you're at it, please hit the like button and subscribe yes, button. Here please the smash the like button. If you can't if you can't send super chats or anything like that, just, just smash that like button for us. That definitely helps us out as well. For sure. So Alexander says... What are your thoughts on the Soraya Tony Storm heel run they're having? 
I'm interested to see where Ruby Soho goes, or sorry, what Ruby Soho does, but it's coming off kind of meh. It seems like a cheap NWO slash outsider storyline. I agree with a lot of that. I think it really doesn't help the division. I know they're trying to do a storyline, but it involving so many of them that it just is kind of, I don't know. Like here's, here's the honest thing. Like Soraya, Soraya, whatever, like it's not, it's probably not going to work. Right. And like the fact that they're going to put that girl in there with sky blue tomorrow, I don't think it's going to go well. And I feel like that they have to put her in this with Tony Storm because they got to find something for her so she's not as active. She can be in some tag team matches, things like that. I mean, Tony Storm was way better off in just a singles role. Like, I don't think this is helping Tony Storm at all. I also think that Hater was a heel, right? Tony Storm was the face, and we just reversed it for just like shouldn't shouldn't Tony Storm want revenge? Shouldn't she want you know like? And then Ruby just kind of comes out of nowhere where like she's caught in the middle, and like Ruby is going to. Uh, I feel like Ruby's gonna face Jamie Hader at the pay per view, and like I'm not really looking forward to that. Like, there's nothing there that's really cool you know i i don't know i i'm not loving it definitely not loving it um also can we talk about how they had to have a full-blown meeting with the return of thunder rosa being backstage that they had to have all the women in the locker room meet to discuss and air out all their dirty laundry about Thunder Rosa. Like, how bad did that actually have to be? And all those internet rumors damn sure look true. Yeah, I mean, it definitely um, was pretty uh, pretty interesting. So, I mean, they have so, to do the same thing as they brought CM Punk back. That sounds like a big, like, locker room I, meeting. I, well, I just yeah. thought, if that's yeah. what Thunder Rosa gets, what the hell does CM Punk get? You know what I mean? Like, He's at New uh, Japan. Uh, Lines of a lines weekend, of nerds waiting to meet him. Yeah, a weekend outing, like you, you just taking the whole team on a cruise. You know, like yeah. uh, right. are you doing uh, uh, challenges to like to bond and trust falls and all that other stuff to make sure that that thing can work? Because I, I don't know. But anyways, that just kind of blew me away that like we have to have a full blown meeting yeah, on exactly. on Thunder Rosa. Um, and then where does she fit into all this? You know what I mean? And another thing, like Mercedes Monet is probably the most over female wrestler that isn't in the WWE, right? And she went in there in New Japan, had like a 26 minute match, took table bumps, like did all, all the stuff, right? Went all out. Like she didn't half ass it at all. She hadn't had a match in nine months. How are you not trying to get her in your company? Well, like, I feel like they're trying. I, I'm just saying, like, I don't know. But, like, how does New Japan land that and not them? Like, I get that she wants to be the, the person to help start them and all that stuff. I get all that. But 
I just feel like there should be a way more effort to make sure that you you seal that deal. Well, they they heavily implied that they had for weeks. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they know. were talking. They were talking about it, calling like the boss, saying the boss on TV and everything. As um, sure as you were, you and I were, are that Jay White is going to new or going to WWE. I felt the same way that she was debuting in LA. Like, I felt way more way. confident. I felt way more confident Mercedes was going to AEW than I do. And I'm, I'm very confident. I really do feel like Jay White's going to WWE. But like, I was, yep. I was almost, I was like, pretty much. I mean, there was, there was credible people that I like that throughout the 100% line on Twitter. And I'm not going to throw those names out there, but there was, there was plenty of people that said it was 100%. She was going to be the partner and yep. she wasn't. So There were people that were mur- like, do you remember that after that Rhapsody podcast and Tony Khan, like just, he didn't say no, he didn't say yes. Yeah. He just kind of like brushed up and everybody's like, Oh, confirm guarantee. Yep. Watch the Rhapsody podcast. Watch Tony. Tony basically confirmed she's there. No, no, didn't happen. So I don't know. I just think that we need to see her in AEW. And if that's only for Forbidden Door and it's her and Saraya, her and, um, not Saraya, please no, her and Jamie Hayter, I think that would be sick. Um, but I doubt they do title versus title or anything like that. But we'll see what happens. I, what if they did Mercedes versus Jake Cargill? I mean, I'm, I I think that makes the most sense for her to beat her for the TBS title. But then, what do you do? Yeah, I know. How, I, I, yeah, I just throw it out there. Yeah. But like, if you're actually wanting like match quality, like I don't think that's it. But if no. she actually signed with AEW and like is there, then yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think she would give like it would be Jade's best match probably by far. Um, and this but, is another one yeah. by by Frank. He's like, "What's Tony's announcement going to be tomorrow?" Uh, I think we're getting another AEW show, and I don't think that's a good idea. Like, it's probably just going to be a reality show, backstage show, or whatever, which is fine. But like, man, like, just oversaturation. You know, if you're not even getting people to watch Rampage, what are you thinking doing another show? You know, unless like you want to follow it up after um, stupid slap face or whatever this show is called. Oh God, yeah, don't um, start on that. Because then that makes more sense, right? If you if you right after Dynamite, you get this reality show thing, like that would be that's like TNA reaction type stuff. You know what I mean? I don't know if everybody remembers that, but yeah, um, it's pretty cool. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe Tony Khan purchased Vox Media and now he owns the MMA Hour. That'd be a pretty big twist. By Ariel show. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Okay, so I guess we can, can transition to that. I pretty much went off about my AEW gripes. Like, I still have a lot of faith in them. I think they can absolutely turn it around, but we need more meaningful matches from their biggest stars. We need to see their biggest stars more, and we need more meaningful storylines. Like, that's just the way it, it needs to be. And all this other stuff, you know, you might have to make some hard decisions and let people go or or decide to do some gimmick changes or, you know, make people heal or face or whatever. But there needs to be some some consistency and, and just like find out what works, what people like and stick with that. So Tony Khan and Ariel Hawani. 
Um, I know you like both. Yeah. So which side are you more leaning towards? It's tough. It really is. So for those of you who don't is, know, this is the yeah. fight that we didn't want, right? I don't, yeah. I don't like it. I feel like my parents are fighting or something. But yeah, you know, like, like I don't, I don't love Ariel like that. But like, I, I definitely enjoy Ariel content, and I appreciate all what Ariel has done. But I also know that Ariel's full of shit a lot of times, and so I'm very torn on this whole thing. Yeah, so just like full disclosure, I guess, like kind of how. So I've been watching her Hawani and Doug's been just as long since I remember him back. I think it was 2007 when he interviewed Kurt Angle, it was like the first time. And I was in college at the time, and he was the only guy back then that was like really covering MMA. He had jerrypark.com, yep. he was interviewing, he was interviewing fighters. And what people really need to understand too is he was a YouTuber before they the term YouTuber was like a career. Like he was doing the MMA hour, the show he created himself, which initially was just a one hour MMA show himself, like the little corner of this room broadcasting onto YouTube and like interviewing any fighter he could. And eventually it evolved into this show that was like hours and hours long. And he was the, the go-to guy, but it just, Pretty much any news that broke in MMA, you had to hear it from Ariel. I think one thing that people need to understand too is like there was a website. There, I mean, there still is, but like Sheerdog.com was like life if you were an MMA fan. Yeah. And there was also the underground where like it was like a, a chat forum or whatever where some fighters would actually post. Like Tito would be in there sometimes or whatever, and people would mark out every time a real fighter. Would Joe go Rogan was in there a lot. Joe yeah. Rogan. Right, and you, and they would have like a different verified thing, so you knew it was abs actually them. Um, but there was no like USA Today companies, like no CBS, no NBC, no ESPN, no nothing that was covering the sport. So Ariel would be there for as media, but like he would get interviews with people that you would never get access to because it used to just be strictly company. It, and like, there'd be times where like Loretta Hunt would catch like Tito at a casino after a fight and get to talk to him. Or like Josh Gross, a sheer dog would be able to catch somebody and talk to them. But like, that was it. Like you didn't get anything else and everything was through the internet. So Ariel kind of changed the game because he was able to like give video interviews and like be able to really like get to know guys. We didn't get to see Alistair Overeem like dancing with a birthday hat on and all this other stuff like you would never imagine, right? Rampage and all these different people really getting to see their personality, fights being built on the Ariel Hawani show, like literally Conor McGregor's like first real claim to fame of being noticed was on MMA hour. The fans demanded to hear from him because they heard about him in Ireland. And like, he cut a promo on there and like sold himself. And like, everybody couldn't wait for his prelim fight to the point to where they had to move it up on the card because they weren't even going to, we weren't even going to be able to see it on, on uh, what was that? What was that TV network called? 
wasn't it was on fire. Fuel, fuel TV. Fuel, fuel. We yeah. weren't even going to get to see it. It was against Marcus Brimage. Yeah. And we weren't even going to get to see it until the fans demanded it. And the only reason the fans demanded it was because of the MMA hour in Ariel Hawani. So don't think that I don't understand what Ariel means to the sport, what Ariel has done for the sport, any of that stuff, right? But I also think that Ariel has burned so many bridges, has so many skeletons under his closet, upset so many fighters and managers. And there's a lot of people that work with Ariel that don't have a lot of good things to say about Ariel. So that's just the reality of the situation, right? So now that Ariel's back on his independent shtick, and he feels emboldened and confident in what he's doing. He's picking a lot of fights. And me personally, I don't feel comfortable with him talking shit to fighters that I know can kick his ass. Like a Jake Shields, like a Brandon Schwab, like people like that. It's just, it's, it's like bullying, right? Because you're talking shit. You know that they can't do anything to you because then you'll try to drag their name through the mud, sue you or whatever. And I understand you're retaliating for what they're saying, but it's just kind of awkward. Like, I watched the MMA Hour for you to build up fights, not start fights. So that's been the difference. I enjoy him standing up for himself, but I think he's taking it too far. Yeah, I get that. So, like, so from, like, you know, there's a pretty big gap there, too. I'll just gloss over real quick. Like, he went to ESPN. He played – he went from, like, an A YouTuber to – like the MMA hour got bigger and bigger. Like Doug said, he was the he was the go-to guy. He was the news guy. He was the interview guy. He was the guy Dana White went to to break the strike force deal and stuff. Like he was the guy. And he got a big deal with ESPN after he had a big falling out with Dana. You could look into that. That had to do with him breaking Brock Lesnar's return news before the UFC did. Stuff like that. Anyways, I I interviewed him for my show fight talk. Um so like I I've, I've and I've met him in person before. I've gotten jobs based off of uh, tweeting, live tweeting his show before and stuff. Like I've I'm so I'm definitely an Ariel Hawani guy, big time. I'm very biased, but I'm also a big AEW fan. I like Tony Khan a lot as well. Um, but it is it is like what you're saying. What what Ariel is doing, I don't necessarily dislike what he's doing. I just think that he's totally fine with. And he sees where things are heading now, where it's like he was there. He was at ESPN. He was at his dream job. He did it. He achieved it. And now he realizes where the way things are now, ESPN isn't the place to be. Like now it's about being a Pat McAfee and doing it yourself. And Ariel Hwani can say and act and do whatever he wants or however he wants to to do this at this point. So he just says what he wants, says whatever he wants. And that's going to come along with pissing a lot of people off. I think you just got to be okay with doing that. Um, but he's also definitely biased towards the WWE. Like he's a WWE yes. fan. He grew up a WWE fan. Um, but something he's not addressing, which I think wrestling fans would be interested in. There was a long time where he talked a lot of shit about professional wrestling on the yeah, yeah. hour and on the Hawani show. Um, you know, cause there was gaps there where he, he didn't like the WWE and he didn't like the pro wrestling product. And he, you know, so so it isn't like he, I mean, he, I think he's always been a fan to some degree, but there was years where like literally there were, there were the literal clips I'm sure you could find if you dug enough where he literally like they'd bring up pro wrestling on the show and he'd laugh it off and be like, that's so like, you literally, it's like, it's below him. Like pro wrestling yes. is below him. 
And so now he's, you know, literally getting paid by the WWE to be a part of the show. He's, he has known Nick Khan forever. They have a good relationship. Nick Khan was Ariel Hawani's agent at one point, if people don't know. So like, right. So, so Ariel is very much a WWE guy and AEW fans have kind of jabbed at him before. And Ariel was not happy about the Tony Khan interview he did because Tony didn't answer anything. So there's like this resentment there between Ariel and, and, and AEW already in the AEW fan base. So there's already ammunition there. It's, it's like the fuse is like ready to get lit. So really any reason yep. for Ariel to go after AEW fans or Tony Khan is going to take. So, so Tony gave him the, the layup of all layups. He's yeah. saying he's not a real journalist just because he's not. Yep. Listen, I don't fault Ariel for being a part of the show on WWE. I, I respect him for it, just like I do with Sam Roberts or, or Rosenberg or any of these guys. Like, they achieved their, their dream job. They got on the show. So, like, good for them. But Tony should, like, for Tony to say what he said, I think was just very, very stupid, to be honest. I don't think Tony should yeah. have tweeted that. Because you got to respect, you got to expect a response, and I don't think anybody expected uh, Ariel to come back with that snowman line because that's something that, like, I know I've heard stories. I've, you know, everyone has, I think, at this point. But like, you know, I know a lot of people within within wrestling and so, and like, I've I've heard stuff. You know, like, there's rumors like that that that's out. That's a very kind of that's a, that's a that's a very well known rumor within like wrestling is is this whole snowman Tony Khan thing. So like for Ariel to bring that up is like really really inside baseball, and for that to be so celebrated in the WWE really is kind of telling as well because it sounds like people were high fiving him backstage, and Michael Cole made a reference to him on commentary and yeah. stuff, and like so it's a uh, so it's 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 low blows on both ends, but like. Tony, here it all boils down to this. To be completely honest, probably Tony should have never done Ariel's show to begin with yeah. because if he wasn't willing to go on there and answer any questions, he just should have never done it. Ariel yeah. should have just kind of taken the high road, like he would have back at ESPN, and just been like, "Listen, wasn't my best interview, but it is what it is." Like I respect Tony Khan for coming on the show. Maybe it'll be better next time. But instead, he kind of buried Tony for it, and then it's been kind of back and forth. Tony should not have hated on Ariel just for being on the WWE show. And then Ariel went probably a little too far with the snowman line, and now this is this is where we're at. Where like every, they're they're both against each other, and it's funny because so much of the wrestling fan base is just now discovering Ariel Hawani, and like this is all they know him for, which is right very interesting from like our perspective. So, yeah, um, couple things, I will say this: I had never heard Clay Travis. Colin Cowherd or Ariel Hawani say anything great about the WWE until Nick Khan got involved. And they're all former um, employees that they're all former people that had him as his agent. So I think that there's definitely something to that. Um, I also think that how you say this Ariel is looking for business opportunities, right? Oh, and the WWE yeah. is willing to give him that business opportunity that AEW is not. So he now is affiliated himself with WWE and 
is against AEW, right? So he's just like a Pat to... McAfee. Like I don't think Pat McAfee is against AEW, but it's the same kind of idea. Ariel Wani has millions of followers. He's well established, and he's a yep. and he's willing to be out there in the public saying he's a WWE fan and be a part of the show. So yep, yeah. So in AEW, Pat McAfee just doesn't even talk about it, right? But he also doesn't have Tony Khan go after him. Another thing. Dana and Ariel do not get along. Tony Khan is friends with Dana. Right. Yeah. You can't tell me that this doesn't stem from that as well. And the fact that he doesn't, he says that he's not a real journalist is what Dana says about him. So I know that that really struck a chord. I saw Ariel also compare, like he said that Dana White and Tony Khan are really similar in a lot of ways also. So, so there's that, right? Yeah. So, I just think that this this was going to happen. I think I think it's one of those things where like Tony was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt and see how he does on things, but he didn't trust him from the very beginning because of Dana, right? And then that interview went so poorly. And then and 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 what's weird is Ariel said there's some stuff that we don't even know about that he doesn't want to talk about it that happened on that thing. So I'm like Okay, I don't know all about that. Another thing that I think is very interesting, if he's getting like high fives and, oh, man, you told him all, that's amazing. I can't believe you tweeted it. A couple things. Was it peer pressure? And did somebody tell him that he should do that from the WWE locker room? Or was that all Ariel? Because he was there that night. So it's like, did he talk to them? Like, man, what do you guys think would be a good one? Or, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying it, honestly. And then also, how bad is this WWE-AEW thing now when, like, you're taking shots at Tony Khan? Tony Khan did an interview recently and said, like, we hate each other. This is not – this is a war. You know, Tony's like, out there. They're doing interviews saying there is no war. Like all the no war, it's all good. Yeah. Well, he did say though that he really hoped that they didn't say anything bad about him and Brandy when the brawl happened because that would have really disappointed him. So, yeah. like, I don't know if that's just in the back of his mind. Wondering, wondering hope it doesn't get to that point. Um, so yeah, there's just there's just a lot of factors there. Um, but I don't I don't see this going well for either person, honestly. Like I feel like that Ariel has a fan base that you would want to have watch AEW. And I feel like that um AEW has a fan base that you would want to watch the MMA hour and watch uh WWE or whatever. So like I just I don't know. I just don't think that it's the the best business wise. I feel like everybody feels like AEW's down, and everybody's just like kicking dirt and trying to really um, beat them while they're down. I guess you would say. Yeah, yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, they've had some down shows, like you said, recently, uh, especially last week. But yeah, I mean, overall, AEW's product is still obviously very good. Um, but I, I mean, they're still had like if you go with just like the from January first to to just this. Re- I mean, just recently it's starting to fall off. 
it, it's been just banger after banger after banger. Like all the Darby matches that they had when he was a TNT champion and Roosh and Brian Danielson was absolutely insane. Like there's been a Brian Danielson, Bandito. Like there's been some really good stuff. It's just, um, I, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's, I just think people are panicking because it's WrestleMania season. That, and I don't think it helps that the guy that's on the poster was your former EVP. You know what I mean? But, like, you go back and watch how terrible the fans treated Cody. Like, yeah. it, it, is, it is just – it's no coincidence that he left, right? Like, there's that Thanksgiving match they had where they threw the belt back at Cody and, like, Cody gets beat down in the corner – and, I mean, the crowd is just losing its mind, cheering it on. Like, they absolutely hated Cody. They hated him. And Brandy's, Brandy's last promo is the crowd sh- chanting, shut the F up. Like, and she helped build that company. Like, whatever you think of her as a wrestler or anything like that, and everyone's thankful that she's no longer part of that, right? But, but damn, I mean, like the, the crowd really let Cody have it on the way out for a while, like literally from like grand slam, <laughs> like from like grand slam and on just heel heat, you know what I mean? And no matter what he, I mean, even, even in Atlanta, right? Yeah, like where Cody's from. Like he was, he was still getting booed by some when he was facing like Andrade and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, but now, I mean, he's so over. His merch is selling like crazy. He's one of the top guys in wrestling. He's the the headliner going into WrestleMania. He's likely to beat Roman Reigns. He's likely to be their next like Cena for the next couple of years. Like you can't fault him for leaving. Yeah. For sure, hundred percent. Especially if he was pretty much told he's going to win the world championship and be the next John Cena for the next few years, like that's. And it's no one brand. thing to be told that, right? But like, it's all going according to plan, right? He is doing everything that they need him to do, and they're not pivoting with Sami Zayn. They're sticking with him. That's yeah. Huge. They're committed to it. So this isn't a Daniel Bryan okie doke. You know what I mean? Or Kofi Kingston. Like right. this, is, this is this is Cody. You're because even even just like this past weekend or like a couple weekends ago or whatever, I noticed that and like this is a big part of being the WWE champion. Like Sami Zayn's gonna do he can do media, sure, but like Cody is the guy who goes out there in his suit and tie and you know looking like the superstar and hits every morning talk show, hits all the internet stuff, hits all the national television stuff. Like he's like, and you can tell how much work he does in one day because he's wearing the same suit in a lot of the videos that I see on, like, different interviews because he's just going from place to place to place to place, just being the face of the company all over the place. And then you put that big, nice WWE Championship belt on him, and you're doing that with their title belt on him, and that's the whole... I mean, look at the lengths that NWO, NWA will go to put their World Championship on Tyrus 100% of the, just because he's on Fox News with it in front of millions of people. You know what I mean? 
Like, just yeah. think about that. So, like, yeah. that, that, what they're going to do with Cody with that is obviously he deserves it already, and he should be their champion based on, like, you know, the in-ring skill, how over he is, the merch sales, you know, just the whole the whole package, the American Nightmare package. He should be the champion. Um, but, you know, then the media stuff on top of it. He's, he's the guy who – he's the guy you want representing your company until you – Cena's not there anymore. Roman Reigns isn't going to be there forever, and he just had a run that, like, probably can't be matched again in his career – yeah, you, got, no. you got Cody now, and now you have an opportunity to to figure out who's up next, or preferably a few people. Like it'd be nice to right. have like like a a scenario where we have like an Austin, a Rock, a Triple H, and a Mankind like all together right. at one time. So like you know, find out you pick pick your next five six people that you really think have a chance of being at that level and really get to work on, on pushing them. Maybe one or two of them might kind of, you know, reach a little bit higher heights or whatever, but get, get a good core of like your next. And some of these people aren't signed yet. Like I think Jay White could yeah. be one of those guys. Like, yeah. you know, um, there are people. And MJF could be too. MJF could be too. People outside the WWE for sure. But they have people in the company. Like, I mean, I think uh, Braun Breaker, they obviously have a lot of, a lot of plans for, Grayson Waller, I think, has a lot of potential. He's a good-looking guy. He's athletic. He's good in the ring. Like, yeah, there, there's people on. Uh, you know, I, I, I interviewed this guy a while ago for Fightful. Um, Carl Fredericks, who's now um, Eddie Thorpe. He just debuted on NXT Level Up, but you know, he yeah. had a, he had a good New Japan run, and right. I think he's gonna just like I think he's really on only on Level Up just so they can like he has something he has like he can get reps in while they're like you know making a spot for him in NXT. But I think yeah. he'll, he'll he'll probably shoot right up the ranks of NXT. Like he, I honestly think he's TV ready right now. He'd be on Raw or SmackDown, like based on what I saw in his New Japan run. Like, yeah. there's, like there's a lot of people out there that haven't even broken out yet. There's guys like Blake Christian who could go back. You know, there's guys like yeah. uh, Alex Zane who could go back and stuff. Like you, you know, there's so there, but so there's a lot of potential. To I'm, I'm telling happen. you. They gotta get Jack Cartwheel in that group I, that does I the. Brought, I fucking get, sorry, no, I came no, up with but, that. Yes, no, I, but I I'm just saying, like it, it, it fits. It, that's what I'm saying. Like yes, he Jack Cartwheel needs to be the cheerleader of Chase U, the male cheerleader yes. of Chase U. Yes, yes. And like if he did that, like freaking whatever he did, uh, Canadian Destroyer to the outside, he did off a of, special into a yes. Canadian destroyer onto the outside onto somebody. And if yeah. he did that in front of the WWE audience on like a takeover, they would lose their mind. Mm-hmm. And it would just and then just teach that kid how to like wrestle a WWE style and he would that that group would be so over. Dude, would you have him do you have him show up there and you have him just train with Ricochet at the performance center. Like right? just have him just like all right this is the like I like me and you are the same. I get it. But like, this is like the kind of stuff they're looking for and what they're not looking for and like the matches. And yeah, that's it's like, he can't cost that much. Like just do it. Like it would work. It would definitely work. You know? Yeah. There's a lot of these guys like that yes. have really, I mean, that are still that haven't even broken out that, I mean, we consider all day and I can tell you my favorite indie wrestlers and stuff, but like, you know, I've said it a lot of times, Joshua Bishop, he's still like right there. Like, I know there's eyes on him. And I, I think, I do think he'll wind up in the WWE. I really do. But like, he's like, you got guys like him out there. You got guys like my boy, Cole Radrick, who just like 
the hard work eventually is going to get him a contract somewhere. He's like too talented not to eventually sign. And then you have guys who are like really starting to blow up now, like Alec Price, who is like super talented, who is going to be the main guy. He's already the champion in a lot of like a lot of indies, but he'll eventually be like a main guy out there in most places. Uh, you know, so there's, so there's, there's so many Billy Starks. I yeah. interviewed Billy like, Starks dad. Yeah. I mean, like would Tony, would it kill Tony to like sign Gringo Loco to ROH or something like that? You know what I mean? Right. Like, I mean, there's all those guys. Deppin. I mean, I, some of those guys I think might have deals with them, like Blake Christian and Tony Deppin and, and those guys I think might have something. Yeah. 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 But, 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 but I'm just saying, like, I think, like, Gringo Loco, I think a lot of those guys could uh, – Brian Keith, sign him the Ring of Honor. Like, there's just a lot of people out there that uh, people don't know about. And I think that, like, Ring of Honor should be much more of a developmental system than a secondary brand because that's what yeah. it, they were. Like, and then the guys got so good that you just had no choice but to put them on the main shows and get signed somewhere else, you know? Yeah. I think I think Brian Keith will get signed to the WWE. Like it has to have like Booker T is there. Like he's gotta like they're like like we are seeing what's happening with Roxy right now. Like th- yes. that could easily be Brian Keith and NXT as well. That could be Mysterious yes. too. Like a lot of his guys could be um I mean whenever Ninja Mac comes back to the States full time, like he's yes. gonna get a contract somewhere. Like there there's there's these guys who are just too unique and too too talented. I think, like I mean, like Rachel Rose. Rachel Rose could sign with NXT right now, and she she could go. Like, there's a lot of people like that that are really good. Well, no, I straight up. At, so I interviewed Mouse uh, Robert Bellamy, who's Billy Stark's dad. Yes, for fight yes. last week. I straight up asked him where Billy's signing during the interview. Yeah, and um, obviously he didn't. Say, but like, she's she's 18, and like, she's gonna. It'll it'll happen very soon. Like, there's the conversations are happening. Like, so it's. It, there, there's, there's so much. Oh yeah, Michael Oku. Um, yeah. yeah, there's, there's so, there's so much good talent out there, um, all over the place. Like, yeah. So, WWE, they, they have the opportunity to find stars, but like in the immediate future, you have opportunity. I mean, if you got Kenny Omega, he's one of your top guys for a few years. If you get Jay White, he's one of your top guys for a while. You know, yeah. there's, there's, there's multiple people that that are right there that are big stars. But you can pretty much do what you're doing with Cody. You just plug them right in, pretty much as they were already. What you do with AJ Styles when he came in, you just you you buy. It, it, it's like what Cody said in a recent interview about conversations he had with Vince when he came back in. Vince was talking about like how they have the best marketing team in the world, and they come up with like all these new logos and all this new merch for him and all this stuff, make him this big superstar. And Cody like you know leaned in and showed him his neck and. And Vince, and he was like, I want the same music. I want like the, you know, the same everything. And Vince was like, all right, well, that's what we're paying for. Like we're buying, we're buying, we're buying the American nightmare. So you're the American nightmare. Like, yeah. like, so like, and they just need to be more open-minded when it comes to that kind of stuff. Similar. To, it's a little different. Like for a while when Triple H was running NXT and wrestlers were coming in, there was a while there where they were just staying the same. Like they weren't changing their names and stuff. But that was before AEW existed, and then they went back yeah. to because they didn't want to like build people's names just for them to go over to AEW. But right. um, but they can kind of do something similar with you know now. I mean, I feel like if Jay White comes in, like you can't call him something different. Like he's yeah, he's gotta be it was so bad. Yeah, like Kenny Omega, like way obviously like way too well established. Like some of these guys, it'd be yeah. too it'd be too jarring to change some of these guys' names. 
Um, My name is Frank Jefferson. Like, hmm. well, and a big part of it is is like that's uh, like a big part of like the success that someone like Jay White would have, I think, would come from the buzz of the fans that know about Jay White being like you know going crazy that he's there. But then there's going to be a lot of fans that don't know who he is that yeah. they're going to have to be like. That's Jay White from you know like the world like world renowned superstar Jay White or whatever like, but so Holy fans club. can like right so the fans can like go on Google and Google Jay White and start like finding his matches and find out who he yeah, is. Yeah, agreed. Um, otherwise, it's like yeah, this is um, you know Brian Stevens and they're just like who? It's like yeah, he was well, really like, huge. It's like but I've never heard of him. But it's like Jay well, White. Imagine- Jay White. Imagine if Sami Zayn went straight from like Ring of Honor to WWE and was just named Sami Zayn. Like, what helped is he went to NXT as Sami Zayn, established Sami Zayn as NXT, but then people started to realize, oh, he's El Generico also. But like, Sami Zayn was already established. Then he went into the WWE roster, right? Like, yeah. If you're just taking it like to like Kenta, right? Hideo Itami is terrible. Like Kenta is Kenta. Like it, it yeah. there's just certain ones you can't change. Butch, right? Like that's a and they shouldn't one. have. They really shouldn't have messed with the Kenta one, especially because like they had Hulk Hogan like like do his signing yes. and stuff. Like they made a really big deal out of it, and then they just changed yeah. it immediately. And it was just in a promo. He just came out and he was like, "I am now known as Hideo Itami." It was like, yeah. oh, okay, why? And then some guys would get to keep their names though, and he wouldn't. Like, it was like, yeah. okay. But, like, listen, like, Kevin Steen, Kevin, if he just stayed Kevin Steen, he'd have been, like, it's the same. I'm not saying, like, because he at least kept Kevin, right? But, yeah. I mean, Kevin Steen just brings a different, because you remember all those days in Ring of Honor and all that stuff. I mean, at least, like I said, it's Kevin Owens. And sometimes you'll see the look in his eyes and you'll be like, oh, that's Steen. Like, yeah. Steen's coming out, you know? Um, yeah. Do you think I, I was thinking about this for Montreal and he didn't do it, but I think it'd be cool if at WrestleMania, because if they do if they do Owens and Zayn versus uh the Usos, once again, I think the finish of that match should be the brain buster, like the top rope brain buster, like like Sammy hits that onto Jay. Like that should be the that should be the finish of the whole thing. Um yeah. but I think like I think it'd be awesome if if Sammy like came out with the generico mask on or something. He doesn't have to wear it during the mask during the match, right. but like have like if you have Steen and Generico are actually gonna team together, like and it's WrestleMania and like this is you know, like if there was ever a time to like give a nod to El Generico, like this would be it. So I thought it'd be kind of dope if he came out um against Roman with the mask on and then like stand there. And then take the mask off, and then his music, like come out to his old music, come out to his new current music, and then take the mask off, and then the oh, yeah. and then like boom, like I think that would have been really dope, and the crowd would have really loved that. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, good, you know, good, uh, good stuff. WWE is still, I mean, like we're saying, they 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 they'll find more stars. They'll continue to to create more stars as well. Um, but I think Cody is like that's that's their guy. I know I'm biased. I know I'm incredibly biased, but like that's that's just like, clearly that's the that's where it's going. And I'm 
I'm very but it's not surprised. like you are like only saying this and it's not coming across on TV. Like it's coming right. across on TV. People are buying the merch. He is super over. Like it's not like it's our AEW guy and we just want him to be successful. You know what I mean? I agree with this too, by the way. I do too. I hated it. I hated it. But it's like yeah. it was his first time in Montreal, so they wanted to do it. But yeah, I didn't like that either. I thought that yeah. should have been safe for pay per view. Also, thought he should have cut his hair, cut his hair, shave, like looks like the Sami Zayn from NXT instead of that because it's like it, it's like a rebirth type thing. I thought that that would have been cool, but yeah, yeah. So. Did the old theme song on SmackDown? I agree. That kind of that did. They should have just had him come out for the first time with that music on the pay per view. But yeah, um, the place did go nuts. Um, but no, I'm with you, especially with like the haircut and stuff too. On one hand, you know, we're a lot of comparisons. We talked about it too about <laughs> kind of him and Mick Foley. And that was kind of Mick Foley's charm. Also, was yeah, that he you know looked like kind of unshoveled, kind of like. Uh, I mean, like, Daniel Bryan. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very much like a common person, like one of us, a wrestling yep. fan who just you know made it. But, um, but I do agree that it is kind of strange where it's like, okay, now like, <laughs> tell her, get you get yourself together a little bit, man. Like, like they kicked you out of the group. You lost your title shot. Like, go get yourself a haircut, clean up a little bit. Like let's regroup here and, I mean, the gimmick was he grew his hair out and all that during that conspiracy thing where he was dressing like Castro. You know what I mean? Like, it's definitely uh, something new now. So I thought maybe he should do that. But who knows? Maybe they'll save it or do something different for it or whatever. But it did make sense to change his music. But I agree. I thought that they should have changed it for the paper because then it's like like he was saying, this one punk came out to his ROH theme. He didn't come out to it on a dynamite. And then later on came out to it, a pay-per-view. Like he saved that for that moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, that's definitely, uh, like I said, there's just a lot of things about that show. Like it was good, but man, there, there were a couple things that they really could have, could have hit it out of the park. And then like Ariel's whole Montreal history that he narr- narrated was on the pre-show, but it didn't make the pay-per-view. So yeah. that was interesting. And then George St. Pierre was there and he wanted to be there, which was cool. And he's sitting next to Ariel and then Ariel's like, I'm nobody. Why, why are they putting me on TV with St. Pierre and all that? Like it was, it was a cool moment. The one thing I thought was kind of interesting though, like I remember listening to him in May hour and they were, he was talking to his guys, you know, New York Rick and the other dude mm-hmm. that's into sports betting or whatever. And uh, he was saying that, like, guys, man, like, I just feel like this is such a special moment. I'm just thinking about just taking the kids and we're just going to head down there. Like, I don't think I can miss this show. You know what I mean? It's Montreal. It's just going to be huge. If Sammy wins, like, it's going to be one of the biggest moments in Montreal. And uh, And then I found it odd. He was working the show. Like he he came across like he was just going to come as a fan, and then all of a sudden he shows up on SmackDown, and so I had almost kind of the same feeling that Tony Khan had, but then I not to that extent. Like I wasn't upset about it or anything, but it just kind of came across like you you made it out like you were enjoying this so much that you had to be a part of it as a fan, and now all of a sudden you're working the show, you're narrating a, a segment for the show. 
you're there doing interviews, you're there with GSP. Like, I, I mean, I'm not falling. Like, it, that'd be great, right? It'd be amazing. But I just, it just kind of was like, yeah, were it's you like, planning on doing this the whole time? And you knew it because you, you, you yeah. were at Royal Rumble. You were at Rumble. Or you don't think that, like, they didn't contact him and be like, hey, we, we would love to have you at Montreal where you're from. You know, like, I feel like this was in the plans a long time ago, but he didn't. He didn't indicate it like that. So, yeah. Well, it's almost like he's kind of like, like, uh, if he was signed to do all that stuff, like the narration. And he, I mean, he works for BT Sport, like, or at least does something with BT Sport still. So, like, and they were affiliated with WWE. So, it's like when, for instance, if, uh, if I, like, if our show was sponsored by, uh, I don't know, just uh, just like we're sponsored by Gatorade, let's say. If we were sponsored by Gatorade and I went on Twitter and I said something like, Hey everyone, go on go on Gatorade's uh site. They got a really big thing going on right now. I love I love the blue Gatorade so much, like it's my favorite. Um right. but I didn't put like hashtag ad on that. Like that's pretty much illegal because like I'm I'm being paid to sponsor something. And I, so I have to disclose to the public that I'm being paid to say that about this. So like, you gotta, and you gotta indicate that. So like for Ariel to do that, I'm not saying it's necessarily that extreme, but it is kind of like shady a little bit to, from that sense, if it's like, well, dude, like you work for the company, you're doing all this stuff for the company, like you're going to be at the show. So you're kind of like, you're, you're advertising the show like you're basically sponsored right. right now like you're so like of course you're going to say good stuff about it and of course you're going to tell people to go but like you're you you work there so like that's so it's like a, it's a um what do you call that a, 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 a conflict of interest so yeah, yeah, yeah. um so yeah i'm not i don't think it's like a big deal or anything personally i'm just saying like i can understand that kind of point of view of like if you're just a fan listening to that on the MMA hour and you're like on the fence about watching uh, elimination chamber and you're like, damn, I, I don't even like wrestling, but Ariel's really sold me on this. Like, yes, he's such a big yeah. fan. I'm going to check this out. And then you're like, Oh damn. Like, Oh, he, he works for them. It right. might feel kind of deceiving. So I get that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of why Tony Khan called him a fraud. Like, I think that's one of the main reasons, but it also oh. cracks me up is it's like, Clearly shows that Tony's watching the show. <laughs> yeah, like, for sure. He's sitting there watching SmackDown. Just being like, he's, sons of he's said that plenty of times before that, that he watches WWE show. So, I mean, yeah, that's a problem. I just don't know, like, if I was him, like, yeah, I'd watch pay-per-views and stuff. But, I mean, I don't know if I'd watch this weekly stuff. Or I feel like you're, you're watching it. <laughs> right, right. Like, I'd, I'd, admit, I'd admit that, like, yeah, you know, I'm paying attention to seeing what's going on, but I'm not actually sitting there watching shows. But... I don't know. I feel like he's he's going through it right now. He's probably trying to sell this TV deal. You know, Jay Briscoe had just died. There's a lot of stuff that's going on backstage. It's WrestleMania weekend. Um, you know, CM Punk's injury is is getting close to being healed up, so there's got to be a decision there. Uh, it's just it, this is a lot going on right now. So. Yeah. For sure. That's where I'm wondering what his focus is, and then can we regroup and get get back on track? Because yeah. I believe that he can. Like, there's just no doubt about it in my mind. I just feel like 
there's times in wrestling where like no matter what the company is it just kind of takes hold of the whole fan base and i feel like cody and roman wrestlemania all that is it's just going to be one of those nights that you know you're gonna get a ton of AEW fans that watch you're gonna get a ton of just pro wrestling fans that watch you're gonna get people that don't even watch pro wrestling that watch because it's wrestlemania there's just it's just you're gonna have to let this thing pass through and on top of that you're gonna have to get through revolution which i don't think is the best card which i don't think is the best built card so you know because like out of, out of revolution what match what matches are you looking forward to the most uh i have to look at the whole card so i mean i'm looking forward to house of black versus the elite just because i think that the, i love the contrast and styles i think they're all great so i think that should be awesome These guys that really never really face each other in the ring either um i think hangman and moxley to me is the best built story but we are running thin on how many more matches we can do right this is the final one so i'm i'm curious to see how that goes i'm looking forward to that i mean mjf and, and brian danielson like i expect it to be good but man just one hour of that i just don't know i'm not super really looking forward to it. i just more want to just get over with and move on anything else that you're like yeah i like no, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel pretty much the same way. Like, Moscow and Heyman will be really good, but this has got to be it. I really hope Joe yeah. retains over Wardlow. Um, I don't think he uh, will. I, I don't have much. Yeah, I hope somebody in the tag team wins it. Yes, yeah, and I don't yeah. know who will, and I don't know who will be the other two tag teams that they're gonna bring in there i'm hoping the lucha bros are one of them i feel like ftr is gonna be the ones to beat the guns i'm hoping so yeah that'd be Um, cool it'd be cool if ftr is one of the teams yeah so yeah that's probably uh and of course yeah i'm looking forward to danielson and mjf i think it's gonna be really good um but uh it's probably a good stopping point for the show although i do have one last thing i want to bring up i don't want to deep dive into it just want to throw it out there because it's this weekend, and uh, I don't know. I doubt I'm going to be doing a live stream for it. I don't know. I'm going to talk to Sean um, to double check. But oh, this, yeah. Yeah. This Sunday night, it's not even a Saturday. This Sunday night is Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. Um, if Tommy Fury no shows and then Tommy fumbles again, then uh, I believe Mike Perry is the backup fighter, from what I understand. So oh, that'd be interesting. So that's great. Um, so yeah, my official prediction, of course, is Jake Paul to knock out Tommy Fury. Um, do you think Jake wins this one, Doug? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I'm not a big believer in Fury, so like he just it is what it is. He might surprise me though, just because like maybe boxing's just at a different level that even when you're facing bad boxers that you might have struggled with it's still like way better than facing an mma fighter you know what i mean like maybe maybe there's something there to that um but i don't i don't feel like he's a true boxer this is really what his he wants his life to be and all that and you could probably say the same for jake paul right but jake paul's on a roll he's at least been active he's gone more rounds um i just feel like feel like jake wins this yeah, I agree. I think Jake gets the W. And then 
people just make more excuses about how Tommy Fury isn't a real boxer, even though he's the only like actual boxer he's fought, even though Anderson Silva has professional boxing matches and stuff. But anyway, um, yeah, I think, you know, it just, there doesn't seem to be the, nearly the same amount of buzz though, going into this as previous Jake Paul fights. Um, Cause a lot of it has to do with the opponent. Like not that many people care about Tommy Fury. I feel like um, yeah. and people are way more excited to see, uh, you know, versus like Tyron Woodley and Anderson Silva and that kind of stuff. So also um, like, I think part of the hype was, is let's just see how good he is. I think people have accepted the fact that he's pretty good. So it's kind of taken away like the mystique of it, right? Like it's just, it's just become right. another boxing fight. And I don't think that it has the same pack punch or the same buzz that it did before. I mean, I think like the buzz for Jake Paul and um, uh, God, the wrestler that got knocked out right away with Ben Askren. Like, I think that was almost at an all time high for Jake Paul because we just didn't know what Jake Paul was and we didn't know how he fared against, you know, um, someone like a, an MMA fighter, right? And then he goes in there and you're like, oh, well, Woodley actually can box. Like, this is, this is something, right? And then ends up knocking Woodley out. And then it's like, okay, he's facing Anderson Silva. Ends up beating Anderson Silva. So at this point, it's just kind of like, oh, okay. So, like, he's a decent boxer. And he's facing somebody that, like, nobody cares about and doesn't really believe in. So, like, I just – I don't think that there's a lot of hype for this fight. Yeah, I agree. But I'll be watching. There's a chance I may be live on the Fightful YouTube channel that night, maybe. I don't know. I talked to Sean earlier. It was funny because I hit him up. I was like – Dude, I just remember that uh, Jay Paul's fighting this weekend. You want you want to do a fight night? And he was like, he's like, oh damn, yeah, who's he fighting? And I was like, oh Tommy Fury or maybe Mike Perry. It's like, it's like I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's worth doing the show or not, but we may or we may not. Um, speaking you, of that, who do you think is the worst matchup for him, Mike Perry or Tommy Fury for Jake? I think Mike Perry is probably a worse matchup because I think Perry would just go just straight at him yeah, and just I, try to take I his agree. head off. I think Tommy yeah. Fury's going to try to like scientifically box him and like right. Anderson Silva tried that and Jake still beat him. So, um, I, I, you know, so I, I'm going to, yeah, but that's, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, and then also just for, so I don't forget, um, once again, uh, this Thursday morning on the spotlight, please watch that show. That's every Thursday, 9:30 AM Eastern, sometimes 8:30 AM Eastern, depending on my work schedule, but, um this thursday 9 30 a.m and uh me and jeremy will be on the main youtube fightful channel and talking about a whole bunch of pro wrestling stuff we'll be airing an interview normally me and jeremy do interviews on there but this week we took the week off and uh sean's got an interview for us there it's uh sean ross sap interviewing carrie morton so please uh please check that show out and uh Doug, you got anything else to plug before we or we just have everyone to hit the thumbs up and the like and the subscribe and all that yeah. stuff. Please make sure to do that. Thank you for the super chats also. We really appreciate that. Yeah, definitely appreciate it, guys. Thanks for the super chats and uh glad to be back. Hit the thumbs up, subscribe, and uh we'll catch you guys next yeah. week. And we don't know, by the way, full disclosure, we don't know if we're gonna like do this every week or if we're like every yeah. other week or if it's gonna be it will, it will definitely at least be once a month, probably at least like every other week, maybe weekly. It really just depends on the news. And me and Doug talked, and it was just one of those things where like some of these weeks, there's just not that much wrestling news. And to come on here late at night, two hours plus, like sometimes it's better to do the, uh, 
like I think tonight's show, for instance, I think people were really excited to have you know, for us to be back. We had a whole bunch of stuff to talk about for the last few weeks. And also gives like our videos a little bit of time to breathe. The views, I think, might actually get a little bit better. More people might watch because they have kind of time in between to get caught up on all these because there's a ton of topics and so much stuff we talk about over, you know, a, a two or two and a half hour span. So um Brandon, welcome to the welcome in. You did you did miss the show. I'll have the uh the audio up sometime like tomorrow afternoon though, if you want to listen to the audio version, but always good to see Cody you in your buddy. <laughs> yeah, Cody hating hours. <laughs> All right, y'all. Yep. Um, we'll see y'all. I don't know if it'll be next Tuesday, but we will always uh, keep you updated on uh, on our Twitters as far as the we set will be on here. And heading into WrestleMania, there's going to be plenty of stuff to talk about. So it's very possible we're here next Tuesday, but if we aren't, just keep a lookout. We will be back. You know, we'll be back often to talk to y'all about pro wrestling um, and everything else kind of going on. So. For, uh, for Doug, I'm Steven, and uh, we'll see you all next time right here on the RVD Tutor for Life YouTube channel. Thank you for tuning in to Live Rounds. Make sure you leave a like, leave a comment, and donate to Steven Jensen. He will read out your donations on the next week's show. Also, don't forget to follow Doug Bateman and Steven Jensen on Twitter. And if you like what you heard tonight, check out more Live Rounds episodes.